Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Away we go with the Tuesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Welcome into the show on a Tuesday morning. As always, Colin Suri is our producer. On the program today, I'll visit with Tom Mee, longtime director of St. Louis Cardinals baseball. So what will the games be like on television with no fans? Piping in crowd noise during games could happen. Miking players, how Tom will try to direct a game under the most unique of circumstances. It's not ideal, but let's just say it. Let's get baseball back. Tom Mee will be my guest. On to baseball this morning, and really, it's getting down to crunch time for Major League Baseball, the Players Association, to try and figure out a season. Major League Baseball replied to the Players Association's offer of a 114-game season, Buster Olney of ESPN. We're going to play something, and we're going to you know make this agreement, give you an offer of at least 50 games, which is the minimum that we can do. We've told you that we are going to want salary rollbacks. If you won't agree to those, then we'll have the minimum number of games. So that means we would pay the lowest amount of money while giving you your prorated salaries. And now they, you know, they flip the ball into the players' court. According to the documentation that they have, the players, uh, you know, legally are not supposed to go out on strike at this time. They obviously could talk about, you know, different compromises. Uh, there is growing confidence this evening that they're going to find some middle ground. I will tell you, you know, it's good that they're talking. It's good they're getting a season going. But uh, I have no doubt that the way this is played out, that the owners would be coming for the players' lunch money in the future. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. So the owners right now concerned about losing the postseason, the potential of a second wave of the coronavirus in the fall when your postseason play would be happening. So getting to the postseason... That is critical for the owners and the players. So, regular season, players are making money. Essentially, owners are saying that they lose money playing regular season baseball because no fans in the stands, no concessions, no parking, etc. We'll meet in the middle. The original plan had 82 games. Essentially, there are 32 games that they are a part. If you go 50, add 32, that's 82. You get a 114 minus a 32, you're back to 82. They're separated by payment potentially on those 32 games. Players, on one hand, yes, they're going to get their daily prorated salaries, but the owners are saying, since you're not willing to accept uh, any reductions at an 82-game season, then we'll just play 50 games and we'll reduce you that way. The reason why I think that they're exposed going forward is that the owners, as they go into the next CBA talks, are going to be more aggressive. There clearly is frustration on MLB's side about the leadership of Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer. Who cares about the next CBA talks? Why? What about now? I understand that in the next CBA talks, you, you, you got raw nerves, you got raw emotions. But this is about the now. We're looking at riots, the coronavirus, and the public looking for any outlet of entertainment. So where are we on this Tuesday morning? Jeff Passett of ESPN. From the start, I've been on the there's going to be a season. And uh, that's been rooted in this, what I believe to be rational thought, uh, that both parties benefit from there being a season 
too much for them not to go forward with it. Now, that being said, there have been twists and turns in these negotiations to the point where something really radical is capable of happening and absolutely blowing this thing up at the last minute. Like, we've just seen this too often. And the way one person put it to me yesterday is for this thing to live, it has to die. And what he meant by that was in order for all of the parties to get on the same page, the whole thing needs to fall apart. It needs to look like there's not going to be baseball. And they need to recognize that in the end, it's better for everybody if there is baseball. Now, perhaps uh, this thought of a 50-game season and Rob Manfred's unilateral implementation of the schedule is the cudgel that pushes the sides together and puts them both in the place where they have mutual recognition that a season is indeed better than no season. But I don't think the players are going to go down without a fight, Ravi. And I think that they've put up too much of one so far and have been too convinced that, or not too convinced, just have been convinced that they are on the right and righteous side here, that they're not just going to fold because the commissioner says that he can put a schedule out. They're, they're not going to look at that as, as something that brings them back to the table in a position of weakness. They still feel like like their position is one of strength. You know, so frustrating. This is about money. Not once in the last 24 hours have I heard anything about safety and testing. Now, that has been talked about. They have gone back and forth with the 67 pages that were initially introduced to the players. But let's just be honest about it. This is coming down to money. And that's a shame. Collectively, can baseball be this tone deaf? Can they be this tone deaf? We're about to find out. This has been an awful look for the sport as they hope to salvage some type of season. Now on to the NBA. Brian Windhorst explains what leadership looks like in a league. The commissioner, he's getting the job done. He's been making deals with Chris Paul, who's now the union president, since he came into the league. Chris Paul called him 14 years ago and said, hey, I don't like these synthetic balls. Adam Silver helped change it. They've made dozens of moves since then, including changing the All-Star game this year. He's been the commissioner for six years. His first order of business was basically kicking Donald Sterling out. His second order of business was negotiating a $24 million deal. That means he got on the players' positive side right off the bat, and he made everybody rich. The last six years, it's been all about how are we passing out all this money that's coming in. Now, for the foreseeable future, it's how are we going to deal with this money going out the door. And it set them up for this moment. And I don't think we should take for granted that there's going to be a labor piece in the NBA as we get through this. But the fact that they are going to move forward this week and potentially announce this is an indication all of Adam Silver's hard work is going to lead to something meaningful here. Leadership, trust, asking your players what you want out of it. So what would the postseason look like? Adrian Wojciechowski. 22 teams has become the focus. Uh, potentially five extra teams from the West, one from the East, uh, in addition to the 16 playoff teams. And what will that mean for teams like Memphis and Orlando who are in the eighth seeds? What in these games and then play-in games would have to happen for them to drop out, for somebody to move up uh, into their spot? Those are the discussions and the details that the league is working on with the Players Association, and then they'll take it back to the owners on Thursday, and I'm told the owners are ready to support whatever the league 
uh, office and the Players Association brings them, they are going to vote to resume the season on in that Thursday vote. So they're laying the ice at Centene. You're getting ready for hockey. The NBA is talking about their postseason. Golf is coming back. You've already got NASCAR back. UFC fights are back. Where's baseball? From the 573, Danny Mack, love your show. What responsibility does Rob Manfred have with the lack of a deal right now in baseball, or is it on the players? That was uh, from the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Also, Rhino Shield mic drops. We'll get to those later. Um, To your question, he has a lot of responsibility. He's the commissioner. It's incumbent on him to get with the players and the owners. Have them come together. Adam Silver did it right from the beginning by engaging his players in the league. MLB has a distrust factor that's been going on for decades between the players and the owners, and that's no secret. But Manfred could have tried in some form or fashion to bridge that gap. Has he done that? Has he reached out to the players and gotten their input? Maybe a little. But essentially, he's working for the owners. A commissioner is concerned about many aspects of their job, and one of those aspects is a personal one, and that is legacy. I mean, don't think for a second he isn't worried about his legacy. Think about Bud Selig. Bud Selig is many things. Work stoppage, 1994, steroids under his watch, interleague play, that was good. Wild card race, loved it. Manfred is on the clock. And in my mind, this is a defining moment of his tenure as commissioner. If you missed it yesterday, Dr. Rick Lehman was my guest. I asked him about the viability of leagues, all of the leagues, trying to get it all together and continue their seasons, or in baseball's case, start it up. Well, conceptually, it's a great idea, right? You're going to put everybody at the wide world of sports in the NBA, or you're going to play hockey in two cities or four cities, or you're going to play baseball in defined areas. But I think you have a couple of issues in baseball. Uh, I know personally, in talking to a number of professional baseball players, which I would consider friends, they're not all that excited about flying into Chicago or flying to New York and playing baseball. So I think you have issues with every sport. And and if you look at the separate sports, you know, what are you going to do if, God forbid, you have a family emergency, one of the athletes, Mike Trout has to leave and he has to come back. You're going to quarantine him for two weeks because that's what's being discussed. Are you really going to do 10,000 COVID tests in Major League Baseball a week? That's what's being discussed. So I think there's a lot of logistics that really haven't been worked out that I don't know that they're able to be worked out. So I think for us to go back and play hockey with no fans or basketball with no fans in isolated areas doesn't really work for the sports market of the United States of America. And I think that's going to be a problem. So I think as long as you're going to take all the fans out of the process, number one, and number two, you think you're going to separate everybody. And who's at risk? The risks are going to be the managers, the ancillary staff, the the third base coach who might be 65 years old and smoked his whole life. Players aren't going to be at risk. And I think if you're going to try to protect all people at risk, I don't think it works. Many thanks to Doc Lehman yesterday. He was fantastic. And to his point, though, I, I think you have to try. Period. You have to try. But isn't it interesting? And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe you make me think here. Maybe I'm completely off base. But isn't it interesting that uh, we haven't been hearing much about the testing, the health and safety protocols of the sports as we move forward? Now, we've heard about isolation and hub cities and daily testing and how that may work. But for the most part, 
we've been hearing about the economics of all these sports, and especially baseball. Follow the money. It's about the money. From the 314, Danny Mac, love your passion and the fact you've been positive about baseball coming back. Is a 50-game season a viable season in your opinion? Not really. 82 games, yes. Now, if there's a 50-game season, uh, throw it all out there. Have a little fun. Mike players, odd camera angles, runner at second, extra innings, DH in both leagues. Anything else you can think of you want to try inside the game, now is the time to do it. Now, would there be a viable champion? That's the next question. Well, to me, history is always going to remember this year for what's gone on. And there doesn't need to be an asterisk by the champion. It'll be remembered for 50 games, shortened season, and most importantly, the coronavirus and how it affected our communities. That's what I think would happen. 30 years from now, 40 years from now, you're looking back through the record books. They go, oh, that that was that 50-game season. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was a pandemic. Not going to worry about who the champion is. 314, who wins with a 50-game proposal, owners or players? Love the show. Neither. Neither. I think the fans win, though. I think fans get baseball back. I think if they don't play as soon as they can, baseball loses. If, if, you know, if baseball doesn't play at all, then they really lose. And I shudder to think about what the sport looks like with advertising, fan interest, if there's no season because they couldn't come up to a, an economic agreement. It's interesting. 573, disagree to a point. Hockey teams and playoffs will be cut in half after the first two weeks, then half again. Yeah, but you have postseason hockey. You still got it. You still got to watch. You got a chance. Same thing with the NBA. Again, not ideal. We're in a pandemic. But you're back on the floor. You're back on the ice. Baseball, got to get back on the field. Have to get back on the field. All right, Air Comfort Service text line 65780, Rhino Shield mic drop. Love to get your mic drops. Love that uh, you interact with me. You make the show. And uh, what will sports look like coming back with no fans? So it's different camera angles, maybe mic players. I'm going to visit with um, a great friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world. I've been traveling with him for over two decades doing all kinds of sports He's one of the funniest guys ever that's in my ear and, you know, basically he's in my dreams because all I do is hear him more so than I hear my wife and my kids throughout the summer months. And that's Tom Mee. He's one of the exceptional directors in sports. And we'll talk about what sports may look like for you when we come back on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. We continue on 101 ESPN and a chance to visit with one of my favorite people to visit with, whether it be in the baseball season, the hockey season, we've done basketball together, and you've heard his name time and again because we talk about him a lot on the air. The great job that he's done over the years and many, many years being inside what we call the truck, the television truck, the mobile unit, and that is Tom Mee, who's been a longtime director and producer of St. Louis Cardinals baseball Blues hockey, Billikens basketball, even football that's been on the air as well. Tom, I miss seeing you, man. It's great to hear your voice. How are things going? I miss you too, my friend. It's going good, actually. I mean, getting to spend time. I have six grandkids, and three of them are here. Three of them are in Minnesota, so spend a lot of time with them here and a lot of FaceTime for the kids in Minnesota. It's, it's all right. 
You know, I, I know we've all done a lot of thinking about what this may look like, and I get asked all the time, what what is a TV game going to look like if the broadcasters, let's say the announcers, can't be on site and the truck can't be on site? You're trying to do it off television. I, I think it would be fascinating to hear your viewpoint. What What do you think this will be like if, indeed, that's what happens with sports moving forward, at least in the COVID age? I think there will be a noticeable difference between home telecasts and road telecasts. We are not traveling this year, so we will be doing the road telecasts out of Channel 9, having no control of the game cut. Home games, I'll be cutting cameras and, and uh, we'll have a little more control. But when you, it's scary to me that you don't have control over the game cut. I mean, we'll have a couple of wide-angle lockdowns that we can use for uh, cutaways to full-page graphics or, or whatever. But it's going to be every director cuts the game differently. So there's a there's going to be a noticeable difference between the home cut and the road cut. Now, I'm not saying somebody's cut is bad or somebody cut is good. Everybody's good. But it's going to be you'll, you'll notice it at home. You'll notice a difference in, in the cutting. When, when people hear you say cut the game and you've written a book on this, cutting the game, literally, it's called cutting the game. Um Tell me what that means for the average fan out there that's listening when they're watching on their television. When you're cutting the game, what does that mean? Uh, at home, let's use home, let's use Bush Stadium for example. Uh, I'll have nine manned cameras and six. They're called beauties. Each camera has a certain responsibility or responsibilities. When a ball is put in play, if there's runners on bases, there's more responsibilities and there's more things to cut. If there's nobody on base. The pitcher come in from center field. The guy will hit the ball, go to the high home camera, wait for the outfielder to pick up the base hit if it's a single, and then cut to the big guy who got the base hit as he rounds first base, for example. Now, that's trying to stay positive. I always show the winner. I always show the winner of the situation. Baseball has more one-on-one -on -one situations than any other sport. Yeah. Every pitch is a one-on-one -on -one situation. So, for example, if the batter hits a fly ball and the outfielder catches it for the out, I go to the pitcher. He won the battle. The road, I have no control over the game cut. None. Now, I'm, I'm, I know a lot. Of course, I know all the directors in the National League, and I, I get some of their styles, but I'm not going to be able to jump into their cut without possibly having a whip pan or whatever. You don't want any of that. You want your, your cut to be as clean as possible. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> a lot of people are talking about listening or watching a game without crowd noise. What what do you think that we could do to try to enhance that and enhance the broadcast as much as we can to make you feel like you're at the game with the crowd? Or do you think that won't be part of it? What What's your thought on that? That's going to be the biggest notice, um, the big, biggest thing noticed by the viewer and by you and your analyst and me and the producer in the truck. I mean, we're so lucky at home games at Bush. We got 40,000 every game, and we feed that. I mean, it's like Bush Stadium, 40,000 fans. Oh, where are we going? We're going to Miami. Oh, great. There's 12,000 <laughs> fans there, but at least 8,000 are Cardinal fans. Right, you right. Feed off the, you do feed off the crowd. I mean, I get pumped up when it's a tight situation and the crowd's getting into it. You're getting into it. You're feeding off the crowd. That's going to be a noticeable, noticeable difference. And it's one thing that I know I am going to have to learn from. I, I'll still get pumped up in a game-winning situation, bottom of the night tie game, Cardinals, everyone in scoring position with one out. I'm pumped. But the crowd 
get into it really, really helps pump you up. Tommy is our longtime director of blues hockey and, and Cardinal baseball, Billikens basketball, college football. He's done the NBA. So we're going to see this across sports. Do you think, though, we'll pipe in crowd uh, one way or another, or do you think we just let it play out how it, it's appearing in the stadium? I, I've heard that there's a possibility we'll pipe in crowd. I hope not. I, you'd have to have a super, super good audio guy to do it. I, I don't know. I just think it would be too phony. I, I think you'd get caught too many times, and yeah. it would it'd be embarrassing. Uh, to me, it would be. Do you think that you have to go wider angles with what you're showing uh, the viewer at home because the announcer has to see you know, the field or the, the ice, the rink, the basketball court? Um, do, you, do you go to wider angles, and will the game be presented a little bit differently in that regard, too? Well, for uh, you at home games... You know, you and I always work well together. You say, show me the defense or whatever. But on, on world games, they are going to give a monitor for you and the color analysts that will have a all nine shows the whole field locked down camera. So you'll be able to see the defense. You'll be able to see, you know, how you judge uh, deep fly balls. You look at the outfielder, see if he's given up on it or if he's going to get it. So you'll have that one monitor. However, it's not going to be a man monitor. Uh, and it's like... With you and your play-by-play call, you don't, you're so good, Dan, you don't notice a difference in your call, whether you're in Washington, D.C. or Pittsburgh, where you're up in the stars, right. or Wrigley, where you're down low. You, there's no difference. This, this will be tougher, uh, I, I believe, tougher on your call, because you just can have that one monitor that you'll have to check out throughout each inning. Uh, sure. Although you, you, and you're going to be, you're going to be calling the game, but what you see on the cut. Right. Whereas, and it's not my cut, and you and I know where we're going. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. We're together for such a long time. It's, we're a team. But on the road telecast, you're going to go by that person, that director's cut. And it's different. It'll be totally different. Yeah. I don't think it's, gonna, it's just going to be different. How about if we're on the road, let's say, and I'm in the studio and you're in the studio or in the truck, and as you said, you're getting the opposing team's feed, but yet... We're talking about Mike Shield. You know, something happened with the team, and usually you'll go to Mike Shield if we're talking about Mike, or you'll go to Paul Goldschmidt if we're talking about Paul, or you'll go to Harrison Bader if we're talking about Bader and center. Will you have the ability with any of your cameras that are solely dedicated to you to potentially go to those shots to to try to enhance the, the viewer experience at home? As of right now, no. Now, we've had a Zoom meeting last Thursday. We have a this. Thursday, and I'll bring. I'm going to bring that up. That's a good question, but I, I, I say no. Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, but one good thing about the game of baseball is, like they say, there's winners and there's losers. So if Paul DeYoung makes a great play at shortstop, you can continue talking about it because you know, out of the replay, they're going to show, hopefully, Paul DeYoung. Right. Or if if uh, somebody hits a home run in either team, you know, coming out of the replay, they're going to find him probably go back to more during the next the following at bat for a few times anyway so that'll that'll be something that we can all agree on sure tom i, I want to get your thoughts on this and the way i've been saying it to anybody that's asked is i'm going in with a great attitude i understand these are not ideal circumstances but you know what it's great to have baseball back or sports back it gives uh folks at home a diversion of what we're all dealing with so it's a blank canvas. If if you had a way to draw it up, 
and you had a blank canvas to do this, and you've been in this a long, long time. Not to not to make you sound old, Tom. You just you've been doing it a long <laughs> time. So you know, do do you want to see mic'd up players? Is that feasible? Do you want to have more cameras at your disposal? Do you want to have more crowd? Even though there's not crowd, but what I mean is the atmosphere of. Um, the, the dugout so you can hear some of that and some of it may be colorful language, whatever the case may be. Blank canvas, what, what do you want to see happen with these games? I'd love, I've always wanted players to be mic'd. And I think baseball is a unique opportunity uh, in this season because there's not going to be anybody in the stands at least until September. And even then, I don't think they'll allow a football part yet. I don't know. But mic'd on, on home games, well, actually, there's there's only one feed going out of every ballpark. So the one feed is responsible. Mike, the players, you'll have a tape producer who will edit down comments that are arable and slip them into your telecast. Get a, mm-hmm. get a, get a front end sounds of the game or whatever. So, and I'd love to see that. I mean, you and I have talked before, you know, I'd love to hear. No doubt. The pitching coach talking to the reliever in the top of the ninth inning, blah, blah, blah. What are they saying on the mound? We can't do it because of giving away secrets or whatever. But that would be a great little piece for your pregame show and postgame show. Here's what, here's the last batter of the game, and this pitching coach told him, don't throw him a fastball, and he threw him a fastball, and they lost the game. Something like that. Sure. I think that would be awesome. I, I'm really curious, too, about with no fans in the seats, so cameras aren't blocking the the paying customer, so to speak, a fan that would be at a game in a quote unquote normal season. So, do you see Tom that that we'll have really unique camera angles that make this kind of fun too? The stuff that we've never been able to do before. Yeah, I think we can do some lower cameras. I think right now Major League Baseball is talking about not having manned cameras in the dugout, so we'll have robotic cameras there. But that's not a hundred percent. I've heard I've heard that they also are thinking about it. But as of right now, they're, they're talking robotic cameras in the dugouts. But your your mid cameras in the stands. There, yeah, there's certain positions where the cable boxes are, but you can put them anywhere. And yeah, you can get some unique looks. I think that's something that they should look at for sure. Finally, uh, you're part of the season of 98. We both were around at that time, and there's a documentary coming up on McGuire and Sosa. You changed the way that co- that home runs have been cut and how you did it with Mark McGuire. Maybe explain that to a fan as we wrap it up, what you tried to do to capture the just the essence of what that season and what a McGuire at bat was all about. Well, thank you for noticing that. I, baseball used, coverage used to be... Pitch from center field, guy hits a home run, you see three angles of the ball going over the fence, and then you go to the home run hitter. I only need one look at the ball going over the fence, unless, of course, it's a moonshot. But when McGuire came up, and Pujols was the same way, when they came up, something was going to happen. So that's where you work your ISO cameras. Put a camera on the manager. You put a camera on the pitcher. And, and in fact, when uh, there was a runner on first base, when Pujols was batting, my pickoff was from the high home camera, not the mid first camera like usual, because Albert's up, something's going to happen. And they're not going to throw to first base when Albert's up because Albert's, they're not going to steal when he's up. Anyway, so I changed the ISO selection when McGuire came up to hit in, in 98. And it's, a, it's great that you asked that question because without fans in the stands, yep. the director's home run cut is going to be totally changed when i had bush stayed and the cardinal hits a home run the crowd shots are great but there's not going to be any so i 
Now, I've thought about this. There's different ways that I can cut this. The reaction dugout, for example, which I would use anyway, but I may have to use it more because I can't shoot any fans going crazy. Well, you could you could get the opposing pitcher, I'm sure. You can get the opposing dugout. You get the... The guy, right. you know, you get the the home run hitter, you get the home run uh, uh, hitter's team, and hopefully you have Jose Martinez come back and start doing backflips in the dugout, and then we have that something to talk <laughs> You never know. You might get there's, one of those, too. There's going to be one other change for my cut at Bush Stadium this year. I have rarely put a camera in the visitor's dugout. Yeah. The star players, I'll get them at the plate. I can I can still shoot the dugout from my mid-first into third-base dugout. Well, now, because it's a world feed and it's one feed, I will have a camera in that dugout. Looking forward to it. I miss you, buddy. I can't wait to get back and start doing some baseball again. I know fans appreciate your work over the years. The unsung heroes of the telecast, behind the scenes, yourself, Brian Shapiro, the men and women of our crew, you guys do just an amazing job. So stay safe, stay healthy, and I'm sure we're going to catch up soon. Thank you, Dan. I can't wait to get back in that truck with you in the booth. It's going to be awesome. Really interesting stuff and maybe a little insight into what a game may be like coming up, whether you're talking about MLB, specifically with Tom, but NHL, NBA, <clears throat> the sports that you enjoy. Text line is wide open, 65780. You as a fan, you as a fan at home, what would you like to see? Because we're going to take that input from you, I guarantee it. And it may be an interactive broadcast, too, with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the various platforms that we get feedback from you. It's a unique year. It's a blank canvas. Hey, again, let's have some fun with it. Rhino Shield mic drops. Bring them in. Text line 65780 presented by Air Comfort Service. That was Tom Me. I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mack, and we do this every day at 10 on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mack in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 1042 here in St. Louis. We go to the text messages, the Air Comfort Service text line, Rhino Shield mic drops as well. From the 314, please, 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 no mic players. Nothing is more annoying to listen to a player ramble about nothing. Agreed to an extent. However, to Tom's point earlier, what if you can get inside information, meaning there's a conversation between the first base coach and the runner at first, and you talk about, hey, if the ball is hit into the gap in left center, you're not only going to third, but you're going home because we can run on these guys. And then it happens, and you replay that later in the show or you replay that on a post-game show. That, to me, is taking you inside the game. And none of this happens, by the way, without buy-in from the players. And I think that's something that you have to keep in mind is that there needs to be a push from the networks that bring you the games, from Major League Baseball, and the players themselves to say, look, like I said earlier, this is a blank canvas. We're going to try everything inside the game with rules, make it different, make it more fun, try some of the things that we've never had the opportunity to do because it's a shortened season. So, miking players... That's something we're going to look forward to. You agree, Colin? I completely agree. And I think to your point about trying to get more inside the game and get a little bit of that strategy in there, in today's day and age, all of the technology, all of the video that's out there there for teams... 
Houston Astros. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Are we really giving away any secrets at this point, Dan? I do think you do. You got to be careful. Um, for instance, I remember doing games back in the early 2000s, and we were one of the first teams that started interviewing players in the game. And so I would go down and interview a starting pitcher after he came out, if he had a good game. And let's just say they were facing the Cubs, and that starting pitcher got Sammy Sosa out, and I would say, well, what was your approach to Sammy Sosa? And we're only in the sixth inning. And he said, well, we were trying to pound him in with fastballs in and back him off the plate, and then all of a sudden, you know, throw one away in the dirt. Well, Sammy Sosa's coming back up in the seventh, maybe again in the ninth, maybe we're going again in the eleventh or whatever, you know. But that's the approach that they were trying to use against him, and that's why you have to be very, very careful with that. And so I do agree that you can give away secrets. You just got to be careful with it. But if it takes you inside the game and it's done on a post game or you're using it uh, in an open for a game the next day, I, I think that that's something that people would like. Uh, 314, I don't think I want to see players with microphones on them, but I would like to see is something like what the XFL did. Maybe have in-game interviews. In-game interviews, I think, will be a part of it because you, you don't have atmosphere. So you, you want to make sure that maybe you get inside the mindset of Mike Schilt. And maybe you get the pitching coach. Maybe you get the hitting coach. Maybe you get the next day starter to talk about it. There are great personalities in the game, too. And that's something that you can't forget. And I'm not sure, to the greater picture of baseball, we have promoted our stars enough. Um, the Mike Trouts of the world, clearly. Uh, I think Adam Wainwright does a great job when he's mic'd up. Certain starting uh, starting pitchers, when they're not playing, do a great job. I can understand being in the game, and let's say you're a bench player, you don't want to be interviewed because you're trying to focus on what's happening with the game. I get that. But there are people and personnel inside the game that you can make this fun. You can make it interesting. 636, Mike the Umpires except Angel Hernandez. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, I'd like to hear some of those conversations with umpires. 314, love the show, Danny Mac. You could mic up the base coaches. Been saying that for a long time. Long time. I, I think that's part of it that you have to do. Uh, 319, Dan, loving the opening segment. What's a rule in baseball you would like to get rid of or what you would like to bring back? Good question. Got anything off the top of your mind, Colin, thinking about a rule that uh, you'd want to get rid of? Well, three batter minimum, if we're counting that. I was thinking that. I'm not sure I like that. I do think there's more strategy to it than people give it credit for, and I think we would have seen that play out. We will not see that this year. If you have a shortened spring training and the availability of pitchers and who's pitched, who's hot, who can go back-to-back days, those kind of things. So you got to be very careful in protecting arms. But, yeah, three batter minimum would be something I I don't necessarily like. Um, in terms of one I'd like to bring back, hmm. well, I'll tell you what I do want to see. I want to see umpires Mike to explain calls. I think that's extremely important. There's just too much confusion for those that are watching on television and those that are at the ballpark just to be sitting there waiting as we all watch two umpires, the crew chief and those, uh, the umpire that made the call sitting on a headset and waiting for him to go out or safe. Explain it. I, I know that umpires, some of them will be uncomfortable doing it. It's not easy to address a crowd of 40,000 people. I talk for a living. I go do speeches all the time. 
And I can tell you, doing a game where millions of people might be watching is way easier than going to talk in front of a group of people. It just is. Um, so I can understand their apprehension with that. But it's the big leagues, man. That's what Tim McCarver would say. So, you know, you got to do it. I think that's part of the, the show now that is Major League Baseball. Well, it's the big leagues. And think the players, the managers, they all have to answer for their decisions after the game. They have to take you through that thought process, something that Mike Schilt does tremendously well. And I think even if you look at other sports, the NFL, their relation with the fans in terms of having referees explain their calls Hockey and their reasoning. Exactly. Yeah. It has really done a lot of good for those sports that have implemented that. 314, take away the non-reviewable calls. If you use replay, everything should be reviewable and follow the challenge rules accordingly. My only issue with that is that baseball and what we're hearing from the research is that the games take too long anyway. So if you're going to review everything, that makes it even longer and maybe some of the boredom for some fans. I understand the premise of that. I think it's a great point because it, you want every call right. If you have the technology to do so with cameras and the angles that now we have, uh, that's something to think about. But um, if you're reviewing everything, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what I do want to see. and I, 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 The technology is so close to doing it is electronic strike zone. I know that some people don't like that at all. But uh, I would. I, I would do that. I would bring in a pitch clock, too. Uh, if you want to speed up the game, it's real easy. Don't step out of the box. Don't take time around the mound. If you're a pitcher, put the pitch clock in. It's done in the minor leagues. been done in the Arizona Fall League. Speed up the pace of the play. That would speed it up. And if you had a true strike zone that at least you had the technology for, the players will adjust. The players are the best in the world at what they do. They're going to be able to adjust to that. And it can't be if you uh, don't adhere to the rules that all of a sudden a guy that's making $25 million a year gets a fine. And first of all, he'll get a letter from the commissioner, then maybe another letter, and then a fine of $500. That doesn't do anything. That's not going to make him stop. Make it this way. Hey, you're not in the batter's box. Strike two. You're not on the mound within the time frame, ball three, whatever the case may be. Hurt him with where it really, really hurts. 314, love the idea of umpires being mic'd up. We'll clear up a lot of calls and would be easier for fans. I'm a retired baseball, college baseball player, and I'm looking to get into sports media. Your inspiration and the best in the biz. Wow, that's very nice of you. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the umpires being mic'd up, just getting them to the point of addressing the crowd, that was a big step for baseball. I know that for a fact. A lot of these guys don't want to do it. They've been doing it a long time, and they're just like, hey, I, that's just not my cup of tea. But, you know, times are changing. Got to make the move of, of progressing the sport. And um, to me, it's the way you do it. Thanks for all the uh, text messages, the Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield mic drop. We'll get to some of those tomorrow. I know we had a couple that uh, came in during our segment with Tom Me. Sorry, can't get to everything. Because if I don't go to Jamie Rivers and uh, BK, they get really frustrated with the crossovers. So they're coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Coming up, they'll have you 
from 11 up until 2. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Scoops are Danny Mac. If you're new to 101 ESPN, I'm on at 10 through uh, 11 o'clock. And let's start with this, BK. What do you have coming up on the program? So yesterday, Jeremy Rutherford was on the fast lane. And he made me a little more pessimistic about hockey's oh, ability boy. to return to play. We're going to talk to him about that coming up at 1130. And Craig Edwards, who I think is as good as it comes when it comes to the numbers in baseball, is going to talk to us about the back and forth between the owners and the players. That's coming up at 1230 as well. What's the negativity with hockey? What are you hearing? So it depends who you listen to, but Jamie, it sure seems to me like the players might not be 100% as bought in as we were all kind of led to believe prior to this. Is it the safety or the money? It's not the money at all. The the money is zero issue. These guys, like they know it's playoff time and hockey players are wired a little differently, especially, you know, for the Stanley Cup and things like that. I'm not saying baseball doesn't work hard and all this. I'm just saying hockey players in general, they don't care about the money come playoff time. Um, but yeah, there's there's safety concerns, right? Like you're a completely contact sport. Right. You're running into each other. You're in close proximity. Uh, there's a lot of questions that don't have answers just yet. And they're they're being very careful, and I understand it. And and we talked to Braden Shen yesterday, and then I talked to him again later on uh, yesterday afternoon, and. Same thing. Just, you know what? We just want to make sure that everybody can be safe. Not me personally, not the guy next to me, but maybe the guy across the hall, maybe the guy down, you know, we want to make sure everybody's okay with this. I think they've still just got a lot more questions than I thought they did whenever we initially heard that there was this plan to return to play. I thought the, a lot of their questions had been, been answered, and I think there's still a lot that need to be resolved. I talked about it earlier. Obviously, I focus a lot on baseball. I don't know if you guys are listening, but I have not heard much about the safety protocols, and that's been one of the problem on the PR side of what's going on with baseball is that it's all about the money. Now, it gets addressed a little bit where they say, well, yeah, the players looked at the 67-page proposal. They came back with their own ideas to make sure that everybody is is healthy and safe. And that is number one, period. So I, I don't take that with a grain of salt. That is truly number one. But if the protocols are there and it's about money and that's what we're hearing about all the time, that's where... You know, that's the rub. That's that's the hard part of hearing about this stuff. Well, that's kind of where I was. We went yesterday. Uh, we were talking, and I just said, look at the KBO. Like, they're up and running. I understand their timeline was a little different sure. than ours, okay? But they're making it work. And yeah. so far, knock on wood, they haven't had any problems with uh, t- positive tests and things like that. So if they can make it work, then it really is truly right now about the money, which to your point earlier in your first uh, segment of your show, like, then that's just bad on baseball. That's a black eye. It is. Baseball. The no other one thing to that's hear been it. frustrating for me, Dan, is to hear now some of the players, I read at least a couple of stories about this over the weekend, speaking out saying, hey, we don't know if we really want to fly into Chicago or New York during this time. And it's like, well, this this was also your decision to go with the 26 different sites. If you didn't want that, then go with the hub city idea that all the other sports are using right now. So I I don't want to hear about that either. I get, I get the frustrations with... Or the difficulty with the safe and ha- safety and health protocols, but there are some things that you asked for, and if you asked for this, you kind of have to live with what this is ultimately going to bring. I- I'll be honest, I, I- I've been kind of shocked that they've been doing going into the various cities instead of just kind of doing the hub stuff. You know, I-, I really have been surprised with that that you just wouldn't set up in Florida and Arizona, redesign the league, and and go forward, but, you know, I guess they felt that this was going to work, it was going to be okay. They wanted it to be made, with their families, which yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I get totally that. get it. So, anyway, I know you guys will dive into it. Always love listening to your show, Ribs and BK. They're coming up next on 101 ESPN.